Praise the living God. Praise the living God. <clears throat> As we are, we're driving into church today and every Sunday, and as you were driving in, how many noticed people out on the streets? Uh, maybe not as many as before because of the heat, but there's people always about, out and about doing their things, puttering around in the gardens or whatever, and just kind of thinking that this is just another day, and they have no idea about the spiritual warfare that's going on around them. The spiritual warfare that is directed at their lives, or directed at the system, or just directed at Christians, or the many things that are going on in our lives. <clears throat> People just kind of take it all, all for granted. And then when things happen in their lives to impact them, um, to change their sense of comfort, then they wind up getting discouraged. And very few people, many times, especially non-believers, stop to think about what is the source of this discouragement. Why am I being discouraged? Sometimes life is just hard. You know, stuff happens. Uh, many times, you know, there's, there, there's, there's a plot. There is the enemy that is out there that's trying to distract you or trying to take you, take you away from God and to make you to lose faith in God. And these are some of the challenges that we have in life. Sometimes we wonder if we're going in the right direction, okay? But the Word of God can give us consolation where that is concerned, and obviously that's why we're here. So let's start by going to Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. Sometimes you, you'll feel like, gee whiz, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I wasting my time here? When is this going to pay off? Am I just treading water for the sake of treading water? And maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that. And you come up with a great idea for what you should do. You know, maybe I should stop doing what I'm doing. Maybe I should choose a different direction. And you'll sit down and you'll think about it and you'll plan it and, and so on. And, and then you say, okay, I'll start off on my merry way, you know, doing this, that, or the other. And then all of a sudden you realize that that's not working. You know, and then again, discouragement sets in. So what do we need to know about God and what does God say to us? So looking at Proverbs verse 16. Let's start with verse number one. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though, uh, uh, though, man, though hand join his hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Listen to that. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You see, so those that may be opposing you, remember that a uh, man's ways please the Lord. So if your ways are pleasing to God, then even your enemies will wind up being at peace with you. Verse number eight. Be uh, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. A man's heart, underline this verse, a man's heart devises his way, 
but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Okay? So while you may sit down and want to plan your way and to plot where you're going, and, and, uh, uh, but the Lord is the one that needs to direct your steps. So for us believers and whatnot, that's very, very easy to, to understand because while we may think about this is where I want to go, this is where I, I need to go and so forth, and you, and you wind up devising your plan and making a plan for your life, God is going to be the one that you should be allowing to direct your steps because then for sure things will not go wrong. Go wrong. See, but when we get discouraged, we have to ask ourselves, why is it that we get discouraged? Let's go to, to, uh, to Psalms, the book of Psalms. Psalm 42. Psalm 42. Praise the living God. Why are we cast down? You know, why is it that you wind up feeling discouraged? Psalm 42, verse number 1. As you're getting to that page, I mean, there have been times in my life that I certainly have planned a career and, 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 and uh, mapped out where it is that I wanted to go, what I thought I wanted to do. But ultimately, if I was committing myself to God, God overtook those plans and took things the way where he wanted them to go, you see. But 42 says, uh, Psalm 42, verse number 1, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for thee, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them in the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept that kept uh, holy day that kept holy day why art thou cast down on my soul and why art thou disquieted in me hope thou in God for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance O my God my soul is cast down within me therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and uh, of the Hermans from the hill Mizar deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouse all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why do I mourn? Why, why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art, art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Okay? The last verse there, the part of that verse really sums it up. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. God is your health. God is your health. He is the very, he is the very health to the marrow of, of your being. And while you may feel um, uh, torn down and while you may feel discouraged, remember that God is, is the one that is there for you and to have hope, you know. It's very, very easy when things are just going so peachy keen for us, when things are going so right and feeling so right. But it's when things in our lives start going haywire that we sometimes forget that God is there and we start wondering why, why, why. 
Why am I even doing this? Why am I getting up, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning and going to work every day? For what purpose? You know, I see no fruit for what's happening here, you know. But God devises your, God will guide your way. We, human beings, want to always set our paths. But God is the one that devises our way. 42 verse number 1, I love the way it starts out. As the a heart is a deer, as the heart pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee, God. So what that is saying that as a deer really... Pants means uh, goes after, looks for water. The same way a deer would be seeking out water. Um, so I seek out my, um, so my soul will seek after, after thee, God. How many of us really, really, really seek after God? I mean, seeking after God beyond simply going to church. Coming to church on Sundays, every Sunday, every other Sunday or whenever, you know, is that you, are you really, really seeking God? This is showing here, here a, 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 um, a, a picture, if you will, a characterization of a deer that is looking for water. How desperate that deer may be seeking out that brook of water to have a cool drink. Well, the same way our souls should be panting after or wanting for the things of God. If you're wanting and you're really, really desiring the deeper things of God, God will reveal himself to you as Especially during those times of, of discouragement, you see. So why do we get so cast down? We get cast down. The reason you start feeling discouraged is because you feel like there's no hope. You know, you feel like there's not going to be a way out. You're not going to succeed at something or that you're just kind of treading water every day. Oh, well, it's another day. Where is this headed? And you feel discouraged, all right? But you have to remember that God is with you. Um, if you go to, uh, we, we did 8 through 11. You go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. You see, it's so easy for us when we get caught up in our day-to-day, the day-to-day business of life. You know, you're running from a meeting someplace, or you're dealing with the children, you're dealing with the kids, or you're dealing with family members, you're dealing with other planning that's going on, whatever it is. It's so much of us to forget that God is there with us all of the time. It's so easy for us to forget that. Why? Because God is invisible. I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, uh, your neighbor or someone is standing right next to you and you turn around and you look, oh yeah, he's standing here. God obviously is invisible. So we therefore, when we get caught up in our daily lives many times, we forget that he's there. You know, and you have to get to the point that you stop thinking about God as some theoretical being, you know, that exists because, well, the Bible says he does. But you've got to know that you know that you know that God does exist and that he's interested in your well-being. You know, and because you're his son or daughter, he's not going to let you fail. You see, so Jeremiah 29, starting with verse number 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners who are in the midst of you deceive you. All right? Let not your prophets and your diviners who are in the midst of you deceive you. Neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. All right? Now, I, I was speaking a little bit about this that wound up very, very negatively impacting some people. To the point of having them getting turned away from God and turned off from church was simply because they went to some church or went to some ministry and let somebody lay, lay hands on them and prophesy over them that a loved one in their family that was very, very ill was going to jump up and will all of a sudden get off the, the, the ill bed, the sick bed, and is going to run hoops and join a marathon and all this sort of thing. And, and this person prophesied all that on them, and the family member wound up dying. Okay, And because of that, they wound up turning against God and dropped out of church and so on like that. 
You see? And this is why the scripture is saying that. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners who are in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken unto your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. You see? So you've got to be so careful about who you wind up listening to, especially in, in, in terms of things that really, really have impact on, on your life. And you need to make sure that, that, that you're hearing that you know the voice of Holy Spirit well enough so that if you find yourself in that environment with a, a diviner, as it's called here, someone that uses other means other than, than Holy Spirit and, and the Lord to, to prophesy and bring forth the, you know, things of the future, um, that if you wind up in that kind of predicament, if you wind up in that place, that you recognize voice of Holy Spirit telling you don't go there. Don't go there. Or you find yourself in some sort of a gathering, be it a ministry or be it a, uh, uh, an event or whatever, where someone is purporting themselves to be a man, a man or woman of God and come forth and let me prophesy over you. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit to make sure that you don't go up there and are so quick to, to let yourself be, have hands laid on you. The Bible talks about to be, be, be wary of, of sudden, the sudden laying on of hands. You need to let Holy Spirit guide you there. And you'll know. You'll know. If you know the voice of God and you find yourself in that, in that environment, which starts off being innocent, you'll know. You'll know that this is not a place that I need to be, and I certainly don't need to go up there and let this individual be laying hands on me and prophesying on me, because it can do a whole lot of harm, you see. And this is not just me saying this. Obviously, this is the word of God, and there are many scriptures that talk about beware of false prophets, because that can also lead to discouragement, you see. Because when you go up there and you listen to that nonsense, and the person lays hands on you and speaks with a real deep voice, and, you know, la-de-la-de-la, and, you know, all of this stuff, and you fall into that trap... And you start thinking, well, this is what's in store for me. I'm going to prosper. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then when you leave there and those things do not come to pass, then you wind up becoming discouraged and you get turned off from God because you think that was a man or woman of God. And it was not necessarily the case at all. You see? You see? And not that... Not that every single individual operating that way is necessarily being guided by Satan, but it, that person can certainly be guided by self, their own egos, because they want to be seen as a prophet, and so on like that, and they're speaking from self, and it is not Holy Spirit speaking through them at all. Amen? So there's good reason why the Lord has the scripture there. All right, he also goes on to say in verse number 9, uh, For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. And all these people will stand up there and they'll say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. But God is saying here that not all of them prophesy in my name, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, after 70 years are accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and return uh, and perform my good work toward you in causing you to return even unto this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. For I know the thoughts that I think to you, toward you, saith the Lord. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Please underline or highlight verse number 11. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search me, search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places to which I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. So what he's saying there is that uh, um, he knows the thoughts that he has towards you. 
You know, and you need to know, you need to know that God's thoughts towards you are not thoughts of evil. God's thoughts towards you are not thoughts of, of your failure. God's thoughts toward you are not of, of being in distress, of always being worrying and fearing. God's thoughts toward you is for you to be prosperous in all ways, be it for health, financially, in terms of your peace, lack of stress, no stress, no anxiety, you see. But, but how, do we, how do we go there? How do we get there? It says, call upon me and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you, you see. So if you've got discouragement in your life, the first thing you need to do is to start praying to God. You need to hearken unto him. You know, you need to call out to him. And then he is faithful to say here, it says, Then you shall call upon me, you shall pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me, and you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. Okay? So the condition there is that for us not to be saying, if I said to you, do you pray to God and do you seek God out? And you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. And you're very quick to answer. And I've asked some people that. I say, do you pray? Do you really search for God? And they answer me before I can even finish the question, you see. And so, but the, but the thing is, is how do you seek, to go, seek God? What is he saying there? What does he say there? He says, pray, um, he says, you shall search for me with all your heart. All right? So the difference is, is if we're searching for God, God simply on the surface, simply because of the fact, you know, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Do you pray? Yeah, I pray. But how do you pray? How do you pray? Are you really praying with all of your heart? You know, if there's something material that you're wanting in, in life, you know, be it a car, a pair of shoes, or whatever, something that you really, really want, you know, a, a new phone, a new gadget, or something like that. Some of us are gadget lovers. And you're really, really seeking that thing. You're seeking that thing with all your heart. I mean, let's face it, all right? And you're up at Two o'clock in the morning, you're surfing the internet, trying to find the best deal and so forth. You're putting it, you're sitting there smiling. I know your heart, sweetie. Because <laughs> I'm right there. After two o'clock in the morning, searching for the best deal, checking the reviews, how many stars, how many ratings. Now that's searching for this with all of your heart. Okay? But do we do that with God? Amen? Amen? You know, we've got discouragements coming into our lives. We've got disappointments coming into our lives, you know. And, 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 and discouragements are, are a part of life. Okay? The word no is very much a part of our lives. All right? I remember my mom used to always say to us, she said to us kids, she said, let me tell you something, son. She said, there's more no's in this world than there are yeses. Okay? So don't be getting all bent out of shape and losing, losing moxie and, and just folding like a cheap suit if someone says no to you or some situation is a no to you and you do not get where you think you should wind, what you should wind up getting. All right? And so you need to be strong and, and trust in the Lord. This was the message that my mom told all of us. And we say the same thing to our kids, you know. We let our kids, if we tell them no, start throwing a fit and everything. That no, the no means no. You get out of it, you know. So that because you can't let people, anyone cannot grow up, you know, thinking that everything in life is always going to be the way you want it to be. And then when something goes wrong, you get so discouraged that you can't function. You see. But the way here, though, because discouragement doesn't come our lives, though, does not mean that we are totally whipped. Because we, as children of God, unlike unbelievers, we have faith in God. We have tell someone to turn to. Amen. I know what God's desires for me. He says, I know the thought that the thoughts that I have towards you. I know what God, my Father, my Father God thinks about me, what He wants for me. Alright? So when things do not go the way I think they should go, I don't get that discouraged. I say, okay, that didn't work out. Then Lord, what is it that you have that you have in the path for me? You know? So many times when my wife and I have started on new initiatives or whatever it may be, and like we're not sure where we're going, we're like say, Okay, Lord Okay, here's another adventure. Let's see where it goes. Okay, Lord, we trust you. And that's what we literally do. We trust God. Amen. But you've got to seek him with all of your heart. You see, we're getting to a place in this world, and especially in this country, 
where things are looking strange, for want of a better word. Things that are right are considered wrong, and things that are wrong are considered right. You've heard me say that a million times, you know. So if we don't know how to earnestly seek God with all of our hearts, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. Amen? We don't know what's going to happen come November, this election season. I've given it to God. I've totally given it to God. Because almost everyone that you look at lies. Almost everyone that you look at has a hidden agenda. Everyone that you look at, there's something, some scandal or something that's going on and whatnot, you know. And besides that, these are all human beings. They're men, okay? Or, or women. All right? And so we need to trust God that things that will, will, will work in this country will be in accordance with His plan. Now, whatever, whichever way it goes, is going to be in accordance with God's plan. Because God permits to happen whatever he decides to permit. But we as his children, though, my prayer is that all of your children, God, are protected. That whatever happens in this land, whatever the laws may wind up being, that we will be protected. That we will be able to be strong enough to withstand. Amen. To withstand whichever direction this country decides to go or this world decides to go. Amen. If Jesus continues to to tarry, we, his children, we Christians, need to be strong enough and not feel, not fold under the pressure of discouragement. Because God said to seek him with all of our hearts. He said to seek him with all of our hearts. Oftentimes our discouragement is tied into our plans that did did not happen the way we envisioned them to happen or to be. We have hopes of a new job, a new house, a new car, or whatever it is that your new direction might be. It may be regarding your family or, or loved ones. And when they don't happen, we get uh, downcast and we doubt that God has a plan for us. God's plans are certainly better than our plans, even though we don't often believe this to be the case. You know, and and I and you know, let, let's let's be honest. You know, there are many times where God's plan for our lives may be uh, revealed to you, and you'll think that that's not the best plan for you. You will, you will, okay, and you will. Coming coming to Oregon, and when it was first hit me, the Lord, I didn't think that was the best plan for me. <laughs> okay, but eventually I said, well, Lord, not my will, but Your will be done. It will be done. And we have to learn to do that. Because you don't know where your life is going to take you. You know, man devises his way, but God directs your path. You may think you know where you want to go. You may have a plan for where you want to go. Okay, and, and the Lord wants us to make plans. The Lord wants us to not just sit back and, and just be, you know, wait like a marionette or, or a puppet, you know. But we have to be in line with God's word, okay, and his will. Saying that, Lord, this is what I'm planning. The Lord, if this is not of you, if this is not your will, then you do something to stop me. Do something to not make it happen. But this is what I think you want me to do. And then you take that step in that direction. And if it doesn't come to pass, guess what? God most likely did not want that to happen. Amen? And so then you say, okay, Lord, that didn't work out. What is it that you want me to do? Okay, fine. What is it? Okay, and you've got to seek him with all your heart. You know, you can't just let it, be, let it be a whim and you get so discouraged that you can't think, you know. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Oh, God is so good. See, I, I see him, Matthew 28, verse 19. I see him, before we read this scripture, I see him, I see God wanting to prepare us. Um, I kind of always hear in my spirit that it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. We need to stop being children or baby Christians. We need to stop playing church. 
and that is doing all of the things that you do when you consider yourself associated with church, but to really, really become grown and mature in God. I feel constantly, you know, in my prayers and in my spirit that God is warning and saying to his children that it's time for you to really, really get serious about me and start making a commitment to me and deciding what it is that you want to do with me because the time is drawing near. Either Jesus is going to return or there's going to be some times here that's going to be very, very difficult. So God is telling us, I believe, through his word and through various messages that I hear, that it's time for us to really, really get committed to him. I keep saying it over and over again. And to stop being out there floating on the fringes. Either you're going to be involved with God, you're going to be deep with God, or you're not. What does the word of God say about being hot or cold? You know, if you're lukewarm, God says he'll spew you out. Amen. And I believe that's for our own well-being. Because if you're not committed to God, the things, the discouragements, the plans, the things that may or may not happen in your life, if you're not really committed to God, it's going to really, really send you off base and you're going to be terribly shaken. You won't know how to deal with it, you see. So this is a time that no amount of church going can help you with. The only thing that can help you with that is your time with God and in prayer. The times when you're by yourself and thinking about the things going on in your life, the things that are about to go on in your life, the things that you are praying about happening in your life. When you sit down, everyone, if you close your eyes, you have a vision of yourself in the future. All of us have a vision of where we would like to be in the future, the next month, year, five years, ten years. Amen, amen. But as you're doing that, think about the what is my real, real relationship with God, you know. And the bottom line, what that boils down to is one very, very basic question. One very basic question that no one can answer but you. And that is, how much do you really believe? How much do you really believe? You can impress me, you can impress other people, you can other, impress other people of the, of the cloth, other clergy, other ministers or whatever, by being so quote unquote, so, uh, so, so godly, you know, by, by being in church regularly, by giving regularly. But when the, in the final analysis, what really, really matters is deep in your spirit, deep in your gut, how much do you really, really believe? Amen? And no one can answer that but you. No one. Okay, when you get to the point that, that, that you know that you just know that God is God and someone says to you, how do you know that's God? There's a God. Well, I, first of all, his word says there is and I believe his word. Plus, I know him. I know his voice. Have you ever seen him? No, I have not ever seen him as a being in front of me, but his testimony of his existence is all around me on the planet Earth. And every single human being that I look at, the mere, the, the mere majesty, the workings of my body tells me that God is there. But how well do you... I know because I know. Simple as that. So deep in your craw, how much do you really believe? Because that's going to make a difference in the things to come. Whatever God has lined up for you in your path, to, 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 in, in your days, months, years ahead, uh, is going to come down to how much do you really believe that. Okay? Because I tr- trust me when I say, don't trust me, trust the word of God, when it says that uh, um, the, the devil is out there as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Amen, amen. And those Christians that are weak need, those Christians that are borderline believers, those Christians who really, 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 really don't know God, they're the ones that fall prey to that quote-unquote lion, uh, that, that, the, that, uh, the, the, the devil, you see? You see, but he's a lion that has no teeth. He has no claws. He's been defanged and detoothed, if that's a word. Okay? He's had all of his teeth pulled. He has no power. The only power the devil has is the devil is the power that you allow him to have in your life. You see? So the bottom line is, how much do you really believe? When discouragement comes in your life, how quickly are you to bounce back? 
Do you fold up like that cheap suit I always talk about? Do you decide to pull the covers over your head in bed and just stay in bed all day and call in sick because you can't face the world? Or do you say, okay, this happened to me. I'm going to go into my prayer closet and I'm going to pray and I'm going to let the Lord direct me because I know that he shall guide my path. I know what he desires for me and what he thinks of me. Amen. So it makes a big difference on how you manage, you manage it. Romans are, um, oh, we didn't do Matthew, uh, Matthew 28. Verse number 19. Verse number 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. Lo, I am with you always. Underline that, please. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Again, going back to that discouragement, when we feel discouraged, you feel, you feel all alone. You feel like you've just been deserted. Well, God is with you, you know. And again, the bottom line is, do you believe that God is with you? Do you believe that he's there to guide you? Do you believe that in the midst of this discouragement where things didn't work out the way you thought they were going to work out, that, oh, well, even if that person is not there for me, you know, you know, and, and we all have been there with a loved one, a family member, a friend or someone where something has gone down in our lives and all of a sudden you are greatly discouraged and it feels like your whole relationship has just been shaken apart, you know. And even though you may feel that someone has deserted you, that someone has not been there for you, that someone has done this and has turned their back on you or has done something counter to what you feel they should have and you feel discouraged, God is there with you. You see, so if no man is around, I don't care whether it's husband, wife, brother, sister, cousin, mother, father, whomever, if that human being, okay, because a human being, because they're not God, any single human being is, is, is able of, is capable of discouraging you at some point in your life. I don't care who they are because they're simply human. You know, they may not be planning on it or trying to discourage you or whatever, but sometimes it just happens. But even if that's the case, remember though that God is with you. God is with you to the end of the time. End of time. Amen. 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 So that's a very important thing. You go to Romans. You go to the book of Romans here. Romans chapter 8. You know, and, and uh, um, I, I've, I've been there like anyone else. I mean, there have been dreams and hopes and desires that you've all planned for, you know. Something that, matter of fact, something that you may think is, is all, it's a done deal, you know. How many have had something that they've really been hoping for and praying for and you feel it's a done deal? You're talking to the person involved or whatever it might be and you got the paperwork or whatever and oh this is a done deal. I got this sewed up and it's going to come to pass. And then at the 11th hour all of a sudden boom, you know, it doesn't happen. And it, it, it knocks the wind out of you, okay? It deflates you. I mean, you sit there. I remember times that there were some things that I was hoping for and thought I had it in the grasp of my hand that didn't go through. And the wind was knocked out. And I literally had to sit down and think about it. I said, well, what happened? You know, you sit there and you kind of say, what happened? And you're scratching your head and I had this, I had that, and they said this, they said that. I'm looking at the piece of paper and this and that and that. What happened? And you feel the, you, the wind knocked out of your sails entirely. You, you see, you see, you see? Because something didn't happen the way that you thought it was going to happen. Right? But the way God would have us to be, because Jesus said that in this life, 
There are tribulations. Amen. He didn't say if. He said there are tribulations. He said, but he's greater. Okay? But we the Christian, after you get knocked into that chair, after a bit you need to be able to stand up and wait a minute though. This happened to me, but you know what? God is right here. God is right here. And if this didn't happen, then it's simply a matter of me. Because when you sit there and you try to figure out, you say, now what? Right? And the thing I was looking for after that didn't happen. Well, now what? <laughs> what do I do now? Amen? So you turn to the Lord and you say, okay, God, now what? Amen? If for whatever reason God did not want me to go there or not want to accomplish that or not want to have this, is for a better reason. Okay? And anything that God wants for you or has in mind for you is infinitely better than anything that you could devise or dream up for yourself. Infinitely. Okay? So while this thing that you've been wanting to happen so much, while it may fall through at the 11th hour, at the last minute, and you're feeling discouraged, remember that what God has in plan for you, has in mind for you, is a far lot better. A far lot better. Why? Because God knows your need and he knows your future. He knows your future. All right? Okay? I mean, you, you can plan on, you know, just you can plan on, uh, I don't know, buying a house on the most beautiful cliff, you know, in Malibu or something like that with this spectacular view. And against all odds, you know, you wind up getting this house and you go about getting it. You don't know that cliff may about to be going to collapse. You go to all that trouble and you buy that house and boom, the rock under, the, under your house just gives away and totally washes out into the ocean and you along with it. Amen? But here you are praying for that house and you're fighting for this house and it doesn't work out because God blocks it. Why? Because God knows that those rocks are about to wash away. So he doesn't let you get that house. You see? But so many of us, when we get discouraged, we don't stop to think, well, maybe me not getting this thing or this thing not happening is because there's something down the path here that God is preventing me from getting involved in or protecting me from. Okay? So whatever plan God has, if it's from God, you know it's got to be a good thing. You know it's got to be a good thing. Amen? Amen? So you don't worry about it. So you pick yourself up, you take a deep breath, and you refill your sails, so to speak, and you do not let that discouragement get the better of you. Amen? Because God is the one that's in charge. Okay? And anything that's involved with God is, is going to be for, for better good. Um, Romans number 8, chapter 8, verse number 28. And the simple scripture is here. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. You see, you've been called. You've been called by God. Not for your purpose, but for, but for his purpose. Amen. And if you love the Lord, you've got to believe that it's working together for good for him. You know, for you. And he will be the one that will indeed watch over you. This is another verse that reminds me that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. God the Father loves us so much and has a plan for each of us. We are all important to him and that is truly amazing and reassuring when we are disappointed and discouraged. Amen. Do not forget that. Okay. Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7 says, says do not be anxious about anything. Amen. Amen. You should, that's one of the verses that you should, you know, remember. I, uh, last week or last time we were here, um, I talked about using little post-its because the Bible talks about writing things down and keeping the word near you. You know, using little post-its for, for, uh, with um, scriptures you want to remember. This could be one of them that you could write down on a post-it and put on your, your mirror in the bathroom or put on the refrigerator. Okay, that do not be anxious about anything. Amen. Disappointment or discouragement will often lead us down the path 
uh, to worry or being anxious. And God tells us to pray and make our requests known to Him. He wants us to think about Him and talk to Him about everything. Not just a few things or the important things, but everything. That shows us how much He loves us. Go to Colossians. And winding down here, Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Verse 23. Colossians 3, verse 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the, uh, the Lord Christ. But he that, that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no, no respect of persons. There is no respect of persons. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive, um, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive uh, for the wrong which he has hope hath done. I'm sorry, and there is no respect of persons. So this means here, no respect of persons means that no, um, no matter who you are. No matter who you are, okay, these things are laid out by the Lord, and it doesn't matter whether you're short, tall, uh, uh, black, white, green, purple, or whatever. Sometimes we will work hard and not be rewarded, and we'll fall into disappointment or discouragement. I think this can happen at our workplace, where whether we are in a Christian ministry or work in a secular environment. God tells us to work for Him and not just for our bosses. This perspective will give you a reward in knowing that your hard work is not unnoticed but recognized by the Almighty God and it will bring great reward. Remember that we are who we are because we serve God and we work for God. You know, um, obviously we, have, we are involved with human beings. We have workplaces. We have in the, in the community. Wherever we're involved, we interact with other people. But everything that we do should be in line with how am I, how am I pleasing God? How am I doing this to please God? Hebrews um, 14 Hebrews 4 rather Hebrews 4 Hebrews 4 Praise the living God Verse 14 Hebrews 4 Verse 14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Please underline, let us hold fast. Let us hold fast. What are you holding fast to? Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, meaning Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points uh, tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay? So holding fast to your profession... Uh, which is Jesus Christ. Holding, the word of God wouldn't be saying they're holding fast if it wasn't something that could be snatched away from you. Amen? Amen. If someone says hold tightly to what you have, then that means that you've got to watch out because something or someone is trying to take that away from you. Obviously, if you're not
not holding fast your profession of Jesus Christ, the devil tries overtime to steal that profession away from you. Okay, the devil turn work overtime to have you think because of what's going on around you, what's going on in your environment, that you see what God says is not true, and that your profession of Jesus Christ is, is just is a fantasy, it's not real, and so on. So, so the word of God says to hold fast on. Says we have a high priest who, who uh, for we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted like as we yet without sin. Jesus Christ went through very similar things that we went through. There is nothing that you can go through that God does not know about and Jesus Christ did not experience. Amen. You got to remember that in some fantastic way when Jesus was here, he was God, yet still he was man. Amen. Amen. And while he was in human flesh, he experienced the things that we experienced. He experienced hunger. He experienced sleep. He got tired. The word of God says many times he went away on his own. Amen. He needed to rest and recuperate. Amen. Amen. So all of the things that we experience, he experienced. That we experienced, he experienced. Amen. So it's not like God is talking about some things here that he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's the bottom line. Amen. That's the bottom line there. He says, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and, f- and find grace in the time of need. Go boldly to the throne of God. Amen. You are one of his children. You know, you don't have to go in pleading with God, okay? I'm not saying that we think of God irreverently. We certainly revere Him and and know who He is and we respect Him and everything. But God wants you to come boldly to Him. Amen? If you have children or nieces or nephews and if they ever wanted a cookie or a piece of candy or some money or whatever, they're not shy about coming to you. You don't ever see them coming in there, they're kicking their feet, um, dad, um, auntie, um, 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 they come in, hey, dad, you got so-and-so, auntie, you got so-and-so, whatever the case may be be they come boldly okay but we're his father we're his children God is our father so he wants us to come boldly so when that discouragement comes into your life you need to boldly pick up yourself gather yourself together and say okay Lord in the name of Jesus oh Lord I praise you and I worship you Lord what now I mean that didn't happen that didn't go through did I miss did I not hear what you were telling me okay and many times you'll be surprised but many times Especially the closer you get in your walk with God, the more closely you start desiring to know the deeper things of Him, and the more God starts talking to you and starts bringing you closer, all right? Those things that you wind up experiencing discouragement over, okay, 99% of the time I found that at some point you will hear Holy Spirit say, Do you remember when? Okay, all right? You remember when, okay, many times God will give us a signpost, he'll give us a warning. Don't take that step, don't take that direction, don't go there, alright? But we, because we want to devise our own paths, Proverbs 16, 9, we want to devise our own paths, we wind up going in our own direction anyway. And then many times as a result of that, we wind up with discouragement because it doesn't walk, work out. The more you closely to God you're walking, you will get to the point where you will start hearing. And because Holy Spirit will remind you. You see, Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to shout at you. And God does not want us to keep on replicating or duplicating our mistakes. So we make a mistake in our lives and it results in discouragement. Holy Spirit will tell you what you did wrong. 
You're not going to just let you go on blindly and make that same mistake over and over again, okay? All right? So Holy Spirit will be saying to you, remember so-and-so, remember so-and-so, and you will distinctly remember when there was a little warning sign or there was something in your belly that didn't quite feel right, but you decided to do it anyway, okay? And then things didn't work out, and therefore now you're experiencing discouragement, you see? But that all comes with your, known, your wanting to, to know God and to really grow, grow close to God and seeking Him with all your heart. You see, you got to get to the point, and I know that I know that I know that God wants His children, us Christians, to be there, where we experience the supernatural things of God, where it takes us beyond just the, the three-dimensional level, the three-dimensional world, because God, God really communicates us on a very, very deep spiritual level. But many, many times we get so caught up in the quote-unquote the church mentality that we lose sight. We're caught up in, in, in man-made doctrine, you know, that this is how you worship, this is how a church service should go, this is that, this and that, this and that, and all like that. Instead of really relying on the Bible, what the Bible literally says, and how God says, draw close to Him, worship Him in spirit and truth. Well, God means that. There's nothing tricky about that. God says, worship Him in spirit and truth. So that means that, that my spirit needs to communicate with His spirit, and His spirit, of course, is Holy Spirit, you see? So when you start, you get really, really, really serious about talking to God and living and working with God that way. You'll have things happening in your life that will just totally amaze you, you see. Because God will tell you about a mistake that you made. God will let you know. And then you'll start trusting, quote unquote, your feelings because your feelings are the feelings of Holy Spirit. When you start feeling in your spirit, gee, maybe I better not do this then you will start understanding over time that Jesus, this is Holy Spirit. Because when you start learning to do that and you hear Holy Spirit and you feel in your gut, maybe I should not do this, and you don't do what, what it is that you shouldn't do, you don't do that, you'll see what would have happened had you done it. You see? Because that's how God works. When you start learning to listen to His voice, you'll also hear, and sometimes God, many times God will show you, see, if you had taken that step, this is what would have happened. Okay, then you, then you start linking back and you say, well, gee whiz, wow, you know, I felt in my spirit, I heard a little voice saying, don't do that, and it's a good thing I listened, because look what happened, look what would have happened had I done it. You follow what I'm saying? You follow what I'm saying? Okay, okay, now, people in the world call that a hunch. Okay, there's no such thing as hunches. Hunches is something that's a result of bad gas or something like that where something just tells you that don't do something and men start associating that as being a, a good hunch you know and it's absent God okay all right, all right. Holy Spirit will, will definitely guide you and tell you don't do this don't go there and if you do wind up doing it anyway because God is not one to convict us but he will um, uh, to, uh, to condemn us he will convict us by showing us this is what we did wrong but he won't condemn you amen but he'll say you see you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't have done this and this is where you should have gone all right. So then you wind up start, you, you wind up learning then, oh, well, this is how God works. So this is, this is how God So when you start having that feeling, you'll recognize it for what it is. All right? And even though someone may say to you, a friend, loved one, family member, or somebody will say to you, you need to do this, you should do that. Everything adds up. Look at the paperwork. Look at this. Everything says that you should do that. This makes sense. What are you talking about? You're not going to do it. You, you say, you don't have to give them a whole... You know, theosophical discussion, theological discussion. Just say, I don't feel led in my spirit to do it. That's all. Simple as that. Okay? And at that point in time, you may not know much more than that. You may not know why. 
But you just know that deep in your spirit, you feel this is something that God doesn't want you to do. And you'll know. You'll, you'll learn to know that feeling. And when you feel that feeling, don't do it. I don't care what anybody tells you to say. But look at the numbers. Look at this. It all adds up. And look at this. I mean, this is the place that you need to be. This is what you need to do. You know? And you hear Holy Spirit or in your spirit, you're not at peace with that. Then you turn it down. Okay? Turn it down. All right? And I've had that happen many times in my life where I listened to the Holy Spirit and boy, boy, am I glad I did because all sorts of things went wrong with that place that would have made so much sense, quote unquote, for me to be. Amen, amen. So we're not driven, we're not driven by man's standards of what our lives should be. We have to be driven by what God would have us to be. Okay? And uh, um, let's go to James 5. We're getting there, we're getting there. James 5, verse number... 16 Okay, James 5:16 Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer, please underline effectual and fervent. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. All right? And the operative words there, of course, are effectual and fervent. Okay? So that means not just a passing prayer. You know? Now, there's nothing wrong with, with a quick prayer. You know, I, I say quick prayers all throughout the course of the day because the Word of God says to, to pray continually. You know? And so I pray in the shower, whatever, things like that, behind the wheel, driving, you know? But the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So the, the really, really, really deep things in your life that's going on, you need to be serious about how you're praying to God. You know? It's got to be effectual. It's got to be fervent. That means that, again, like I was talking about before, the way you, where you're diligently looking for that thing on the internet where well, you need to fervently praying to God that way amen because prayer is a very 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 powerful thing you see and we, we, we underestimate it we really do we underestimate it you know we don't realize that when we're praying this is in communication with the creator of all that there is your creator the one that knows past, present, and future. Amen? So the, the, those effectual, fervent prayers, they really, really um, avail, avail much in terms of uh, looking at our lives. And the very, very last scripture, I promise you, I'm not going to tell you a story here, is 1 John. One John 5. <coughs> Praise God. Praise the living God. 1 John 5, verses, uh, verse, starting with verse 13. Okay. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the one confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, he hears us. Please underline that. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything in accordance to his will, he hears us. Amen. So what you're asking of God, okay, know that he hears you. Know that he hears you, okay? And in accordance with his will is in line with his word, okay? If you're going to ask for something that's breaking the law, obviously that is not in line with God's will, amen? So he's not going to be honoring that, 
Okay. Uh, gee, Lord, let the let the IRS just turn over all the money that's in there to me. Give me the give me the password so I can break in the IRS and get all of the money that's in the IRS and put it into my bank account. Now, obviously, God's not going to honor that because okay? that's not in line with His will. That's lying, is cheating, and it's stealing. So that's not in line with God's will. So if you're asking for something that is in line with His word in term in terms of the the, the the word of God, His will according to the word of God here, then of course God is going to hear that prayer. He's going to hear it. All right, and and so. We just have to get into a position here that we know that life indeed does present um, discouragements. It's very much a part of life. But we do not get so bent out of shape and so lost that we cannot function and then that we cease to pray to God to find out what it is that we should do, um, you know, you know to, to reconnect or to get redirected to where it is that we should be. You know, anything that you do in life, uh, you have to do, obviously, we're doing it trusting in God. You know, you know, and all that you need to know is that God has a plan for you. He knows his thoughts for you and his thoughts for all of us are great and wonderful things to happen in our lives. Amen. And we have to know that in the, the final analysis, we're going to benefit and we're going to be, be saved and we shall prosper in all fashions. Amen. Amen. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.